Welcome to the MyPersonalFootballCoach.com Youth Soccer Player Development Podcast, episode 15 with William Weiss. Welcome to MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Soccer Player Development Podcast. Discover all the secrets, hints and tips about soccer player development and soccer coaching from some of the leading figures in world soccer. Here's your host, Saul Isaacson-Hurst. Hi guys, Saul here, back again from MyPersonalFootballCoach.com. Welcome back to another show. Uh, this week we've got a fantastic guest for you, someone I'm really excited about having on the show. His name is William Weiss. He's an experienced coach from Holland, worked for many years at PSV, and now is at Ajax. Uh, if you don't know, Ajax Academy uh, from Amsterdam is one of the most consistent uh, producers of Champions League players in world football. Um, talking about player development in a structured academy environment. These guys seem to have the knack for it. And it's not only that they produce players, but they uh, produce certain types of players, flamboyant, skillful players. They really have a culture there of, of producing technical footballers uh, for the very highest echelons of world football. So really lots of valuable information to share, not only about Ajax, but also Dutch football uh, as a whole. And uh, I, I know if you're interested in player development and in coaching, you're really going to like this show. Uh, busy few weeks for myself coming up really looking forward to going back up to Wolverhampton Wanderers in August uh, proud and honoured to, to to say that they have again uh, signed up to as a partner club to um, uh, to have the, us supporting their foundation phase players with the dynamic ball master programme the online technical training programme our homework programme so honoured that such a massive club like Wolverhampton Wanderers would choose uh, to have us on board and supporting their players an academy that not only produces consistently players for their first team but also for the English youth teams and really is one of the best uh, academies in, in the country a top category one academy so really privileged to be involved with those guys again and honoured uh, if you're interested in about the want to know more about the club partnership program if you're a grassroots club or pro club um, just drop us a line and we can uh, let you know how we can support you your players and your coaches in uh, helping your players fulfill their potential so uh, without further ado let's get into the show so William Weiss welcome to the show thank you can you just uh, tell us a little bit about your playing and coaching journey please of course I can um I ended up really, really early. I think I was only 21, 21 years old as a footballer, so I was really young, and that was because I um, I screwed up two higher educations. One is a gym teacher, and the other one is a specialist in sport, health, and management. It were really tough uh, educations, um, and I liked the practice sessions, but I didn't like the theories. Um, during that summer breaks. I had some coaching clinics in the United States of America in, uh, in San Francisco and I've met some people there which were working at PSV Eindhoven at the academy. Uh, I told them at the beginning of the week about my situation uh, at my educations um, and at the end of the weeks I think they were a bit impressed about my coaching qualities and uh, they asked, well William, um, if you ever want to work in football, um, we, we, we can give you a chance or you could start next season with an internship. Um, so I did. I, uh, I started with uh, six days in a week. Uh, didn't earn any money. Uh, I had to travel uh, with a fake train ticket. Um, but, you know, 
that was it, it was a dream for me and it was a, a dream to come true uh, to work in football full time so uh, you know I grabbed it and, and yeah it was my dream so it was everything to me so then I, I quit I quit uh, to playing for myself and I focused fully on uh, becoming a, a football coach and so what was your what was your first role there at PSV um, it was you know I was looking around with a lot of different coaches uh, from U9 till like U15 uh, I was focusing on uh, you know to become a specialist on technical skills so I was working with somebody who was like full-time focusing on technical skills who was coaching the U9 till the U19s uh, and then on the Saturdays and in the weekends um, I was you know just with a team who had a, with a game in the weekend um, so that was like my week schedule. Um, I learned a lot there. And so then, and then, where are you at the moment then? Because you're not PSV anymore, are you? No. Um, well, I started at PSV. Um, I did it for six years, PSV Eindhoven. Um, I think I worked with the U9, still the U19s, with uh, technical uh, skill sessions. I was a team coach over there with the U10s and U9s. Uh, but after six years, I I felt I had to do something else, a new, new people, new club, new culture, um, new experiences. So uh, you know, I had a chance to move to Ajax Amsterdam, which is, in my opinion, is the be- is the best club in Holland, maybe one of the best clubs in the world, and I think a club uh, which is famous about their youth academy. So when that uh, when that uh, chance came. On my path, uh, it was easy for me. Uh, my father always told me that Ajax was the best club, so uh, I'm there now for the next season, my fifth year. Um, I'm coaching there with the U15s and the U16s. I'm working there with some ex-professional players. Maybe you you know the names. Uh, it's Norden Wouter and um, Richard Knopper. Um, I'm also um, coordinating like a program for the U13s till you 16 uh, talents to focus on their individual developments and also with the with the biggest talents of that uh, of that ages um, and as a last I will train with the U17 and U19 boys for next season to train on a high rhythm technical skills uh, and to develop the creativity so that are the things I'm doing now fantastic so just uh, going back a bit can you just tell us about your role then at PSV in terms of being a technical coach, what did that look like in practice? What's your day-to-day things? What sort of sessions were you actually doing with the players? Yeah, um, I, I think in that time PSV was was really focusing on technical skills. So you know they were really inspired by by the wheel curve method. Uh, you know um, from uh, Ricardo Moniz and um, you know that that kind of people. Um, so. They wanted to do it on, on another way, uh, and I was together with somebody else, with Jeff Tabresso, who worked for Fulham, he's working now in, in Holland again, and we were focusing on technical skills, so um, what we did was every team had uh, one session of around 60 minutes a week uh, only for focusing on technical skills. So that was, you know, like, like, like the Cruyff turn, like with scissors, to beating the 1v1 in attacking but also in defending uh, to stimulate creativity um, and that kind of thing so that was every team from U9 till U19 every week one session of one hour 60 minutes 
And then, um, so as yourself, then where did you where did you learn? Where did you where did you develop yourself? Was it did you learn from the guys at PSV, or how did you you know did you already have this knowledge about the skills training? Um, I, I I I don't exactly know how it started, but when I was really young, I was I was really interested by you know by the by the by the tapes of uh, of Will Curver. And I was practicing a lot for myself on the street um, because I grew up in a really small village. There's, so there, there was not, it was not an opportunity to play with, with the other kids every day. Um, so I had, to, I had to train for myself. Um, and I think that, that influenced me. Um, so I started up to work with that with the theories. And um, you know, then you're gonna develop as a coach and then you combine that, that two things. So your own qualities um, as a player, uh, you combine it with, with your coaching style. And um, I think in America, in the United States, we, we had so many hours, you know, we had three sessions a day, three sessions of, of three hours, in the morning three hours, in the afternoon two hours, in the evening. So that, that, was, that was really busy. So, you know, you, you develop really, really fast then. Um, and then at PSV, I was full time. So. It, it's, it goes so fast now. So you, talk, you said a mention there about stimulating creativity. Um, what did you mean by that? I, I mean by that that, um, that players can do something what nobody expects them to do. Or that they... I, I think that, that, that young players are more gifted, more talented uh, than, we, than we ever know. So I think we, we give them, in general, um, we give them too many tasks. So then they're going to act like robots. But, but I think um, they could figure, it, figure more out by themselves, you know? So creativity for me is that, um, that you give them some freedom and that you give them some space that they can find their own solutions. Um, but, you, but you have to give them the space. Um, and I think it's very important. So how does that tie in with, you know, you coaching them, the Cruyff turns and the scissors and those sorts of things? Because in, uh, in this country, there's a, a narrative by some, not by myself, about some by saying that if you're teaching kids skills, that actually you're stunting their creativity and then you're imposing things on them. What, what's your thoughts on that? Um, well, I think you have to give them some basics. So um, I think they have to know which moves they could use but when they have some some skills you know in their in their basics um, it's 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 up to them which one they want to, to use you know so I think every every situation in football is another situation and it depends about time about space about about an opponent so they have to recognize and make a decision by themselves which move is the best is the best move in in the typical uh, uh, situation? You know, do, do you understand what I mean? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So it's quite interesting because you mentioned there about you know you when your development you on the street learning by yourself. Would you maybe talk about or describe it as you know you're creating this? I visited IX a few times. They said you know they're trying to create this street football atmosphere within the club. You know this this uh, this this methodology, this feeling of street football, this individual brilliance within the club, which maybe comes with some 
some coaching and obviously lots of freedom as well. Yeah, but you know, I, I think, and then we have a big problem in Holland. Um, I was playing on the street for myself, and I think some other kids are doing that as well. But I think the culture in Holland is changing a bit from street to something like PlayStation or that kind of things. So a lot of kids, they don't play anymore on the street. So what we then want to do is we bring them back, back to the streets. So, you know, if they don't go to the street, we will bring the streets to them um, and, they, and give them the opportunity on that way to, you know, to develop the, their creativity and technical skills. So what sort of strategies have you got then for bringing the street to, to, the, to the boys? Yeah, you know, that has, that has something to do with two things. I think one is uh, with your exercises. So um, you have to organize your exercises that it's like like street level, like uh, what I told you before. You have to, you, you can work with some space, with some, with some opponents, with some time. And the other thing is sometimes we, we really, we really uh, train on a parking place, on a street. So that's, for example, our U8 till U12s have at least one session a week at the street, at a parking place. And then they just play, you know, they just play games. So that's how we do it. Very interesting. And also then, obviously another big topic of debate here is to talk about, you know, isolated practice v opposed practice. You know, what's, what's, the, what's your opinion on that? What's the importance of either or and where, where should it be balanced? Yeah, uh, that, that's a good question because um, I think it's a difficult one. Um, in my opinion, uh, I prefer the opposed practice, but sometimes I do the isolated practice because I think you can you can use isolated practice perfectly in, for example, a warming up. Simply because I think that it's better than you know just running, running some rounds uh, behind the field, you know. So then I think it's better to to isolate uh, practice. Um, but I think football is, is more than, than just isolated um, uh, situations, you know, because you have to do with, you have to work with an, with an opponent, with time, with, with, with really small spaces, you know, on the highest level, there's less time and, and the spaces are much smaller. So uh, we have to prepare the players that they have to find the solutions in that small, uh, small spaces with less time. So then I think we have to learn them to practice in your post uh, with, you know, with a post practice um, but you know I think for amateur players which are not really not really talented which have not not the big qualities you have to start up anywhere so um, you don't throw them in the deepest part of the of the bath you know so so you start something easier and of course then you start with isolated practice so in terms of like the boys then your coaching, you talked about the Cruyff turn and the scissors. Are you really, um, are you really um, trying to get them to do the perfect type technique, or do they have freedom to explore that technique? I mean, obviously, I, how does that work in terms when you work in isolated? If if it is at the beginning of the session, um, in my in my opinion, um, I have to give the perfect example for the kids, so they could they could see what um, you know what it's like to, to do the, the Cruyff turn, for example. Um, but then, uh, I think every player has his own style of playing. Um, so when you like to do the Cruyff turn, that's perfect. Um, but when you would like uh, to do another turn, um, but 
you know, with the same with the same result or maybe a better result. Of course, I don't say, hey, you have to do the craft store because the other one it fits better for you. So I think we have to give them um, all the turns there are, and they have to pick only one or maybe two, which, which can which can they build up as their own weapon and they can use in the game. So that's what I mean with creativity. You know, we have to give them some um, some so, yes, yes, some opportunities, but they have to choose one which which fits fits the best for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I use the same methodology in my coaching. is about showing the players uh, some tools, maybe what they want to use, and then they decide what they want to use. You can't impose them. I think this is the big misconception about technical training is that you're saying to players, you have to use this skill, you have to use that skill. So as, as you say, it's more of a case of supporting creativity and you know, and uh, help helping to feed that. Exactly, because you know everybody in the world likes... You know, the Lionel Messi's and the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's. So if you could create them, that, that, would, be, that would be very difficult. Um, because, you know, for example, uh, another example. I think Xavi Hernandez, the ex-player from Barcelona, he was a great player. But he was not beating uh, opponents in 1v1. But he was beating opponents with passing, with, with uh, shooting, with, with that kind of things, you know, with, with his awareness. So that's what I mean with... Every player has his own qualities, and I think you have to stimulate the, that qualities. I suppose, uh, yeah. I suppose Xavi. Sorry to interrupt, William. I suppose Xavi had his own one v one style, didn't he? He with his movements to recede to space to use the ball, and then obviously, like you know, as we'll talk about hopefully in a little bit, well, maybe talk about it now. Sort of like you know, what sort of other different one v one situations you work on yourself as a as a coach? Yeah, um, we we have of course we have receiving the ball, so that's the first touch. Um, we have shooting as well. We have um, beating opponent uh, in your back. We have beating an opponent in your front. Um, and we have um, the last one is when you have an opponent on your side. You know, so there are different uh, different situations, and um, you know, yeah, we want we, we want to train them all together. So how does that look like then? Talk to, you know in terms of um, you know delivery. What's the? Do you have like a curriculum? How how much time do you spend on each? What's that look like in practice? Um, it's it's not. Um, I don't I, I don't really have a schedule like that. But what I try to do is um, when I'm playing, for example, a one v one, I start up with that that the opponent is coming from the front. But after a few minutes, I move him so that he's coming from the back. And after a few minutes again, he will come from the side. So that means that an exercise will change uh, after a few minutes. So everything is changing. So they have to be fully focused. Uh, and then, you know, in only one session, in one exercise, yeah, you train a lot of uh, different technical skills. And um, my favorite is to combine it with, for example, first touches, uh, finishing, all the things. So. You know, because it, it's more game real, so I prefer that once. So, in terms of like when you're, you're working with a lot of the older players, obviously, do you then sometimes say you need, will you take the the number seven and the number eleven out and work on some specific areas of the pitch with those players individually, maybe with one defender, with a player on the side, or coming from the back and working to create shots or crosses? Yeah, yeah, we do that kind of things. Um, so, what we're going to do then is. We, we, we have to 
we have to describe for ourselves so what do we want from a player on a on a typical uh, uh, position in the game um, when we know all the things uh, we can make training session for them to bring them into situations which they have more repetitions so then then you know when when they have more repetitions uh, and coming more into the situations which are the real situations which they also have in the game, uh, we, we think they will develop automatically. Interesting. And, and what do you do for yourself as like a coach? What's your, what do you do to improve yourself and continue your learning? Well, that's, that's a lot. I, um, uh, I finished my, uh, my UEFA A Youth um, Academy uh, only one, one month ago. I, uh, you know, I'm reading some books, um, I'm listening to podcasts like this, I'm watching all the football <laughs> which, in, which is on TV, you're reading about it in some magazines, you're, I'm reading in, on internet about interesting articles, um, I'm visiting um, clubs abroad, you know, I was in England, I was at Fulham, I was at Liverpool twice. Um, I went to, to the Chelsea Academy for, I think it's, it's around eight or nine years ago. I went two times to the Barcelona Academy. Uh, I had a really interesting conversation with a, with a coach of uh, Atletico Madrid on a tournament with our U15s um, two weeks ago in, uh, in Cannes, in the south of France. So, you know, you have, you have, to, you have to find a lot of things, a lot of, difficult, uh, a lot of different ways to develop yourself as a coach. And just tell us a little bit then about your, you know, your personal coaching development journey. What's that look like in Holland? What are the steps you took and to get to that that UA4A youth license? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, you know, when when I came in at PSV, um, I was I was like a nobody as a coach, uh, and I developed myself to a more experienced uh, coach, which who was ready for Ajax. Uh, I arrived there as a child, but I left as a young adult. Um, it's, it's, you know, when you start as a young coach, you even don't know how, how much there is to discover. And there are a lot of different styles and, and interesting articles. And, you know, there's, there's so much to find. Um, but, but you have to be hungry uh, to, to, to find your best ways. And, and then, you know, you're going you're gonna to think about, is, is, this, is this a theory which I can use uh, every day. Um, and I think that's very important. So you have, you have to look for something new every day, every single day. So I think that that's very important. And, you know, uh, I think every, every, every human being has a dream. Um, and when you have that dream, you, you have to find out what, what, what kind of things do you need to come to make it to that dream. Um, and for me, that was, for example, the UEFA A uh, license. So then it's easy. Then you have to do it. So when did when did you do your level one, for instance, and how long did that take you? What was that like? So 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 what do you mean with level one? I, well, I think your, your first coaching one. badge, your first ever coaching badge in Holland. Ah, yeah, that, that that was at my first year at PSV. So they said, okay, you can come for an internship, but you have to start. We call it in in uh, in Holland. It's it's the UEFA C yeah. license. Um, so I started immediately, uh, and one year later I started up with my with my UEFA UEFA B, uh, and then I had some years. I had some other in, in, uh, interests uh, with other courses, that kind of things. 
um, but this year it, it was, but you know, UEFA E is A, so excuse me, UEFA A is a, is a pretty hard course, it's a pretty hard license in Holland, so you have to, to work pretty hard for it, with a lot of time to, uh, to spend on it, so that's, that's difficult, but uh, this year it was, it was the right time for me, so uh, I started with it. So, so going back to your time at PSV when you first, you first entered there, can you tell us a little bit about what is the, what's the methodology there at PSV? What's, what's the structure of the program there? Um, I can't say anything about how they're working now because that's, for me, it's like four or five years ago. But when I was there, like I told you, they, we were focusing a lot of technical skills um, from the U9s till the U19s. But um, there was also a little problem with that because when you're only focusing on technical skills uh, and, and, you know, beating one if you want, that kind of things, um, it's not always good for, like, team spirit or when a team has to work, work together. Um, and I think we, we, you know, we found that out. So, can you, what, 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 can you tell us some of the players that came out of that program while you were there? Yeah, we had. I, I think everybody knows him. It was Memphis Depay. Yeah. Um, he, he was in our academy. Uh, he's a big name now. I think uh, he's a world class player, or he, he could be. You know, when he's when he's good focused, he could be a really good player. Um, and you know, that's the other side. The, the all the other all the other players, they were not uh, that big names who made it. So that's the reason why I said. Um, it's not only about playing 1v1 and beating the 1v1 because there's much more. But I was really young in that time, so I had developed myself as a coach. So, you know, for me now it's easy. I can say that now, but in that time I was fully focused on, on, on the technical skills. But I think that's, that's not good. So I think that was also a reason why, uh, despite uh, Memphis Depay, there were further on no, no more big game, uh, names. Who made it to a world-class player? So then, uh, who who were the main influences with you uh, for you as a coach? Then, when you were coaching at PSV, who had a big impact on your coaching style? As as a young coach, I learned a lot of William Vloot. I don't think you know his name, but um, he was a professional coach in Holland. Then he became the head of the academy um, at PSV, and he learned me a lot about structure and and training preparations. And of course, you know, working with Philip Koku. Uh, who had a big name, who was a world-class player that was very interesting because he has some experiences which I don't have. So, you know, talking about football and working together with him when he was United coach at PSV, that was really interesting. Um, but, you know, in general, I, I just uh, grew up there, like I told you before, like, like a nobody as a coach to a more experienced uh, uh, trainer and ready for Ajax. And, and that, was, that was really important to me. So since you talk about that, ready for Ajax, is, is that you know for all coaches in uh, in Holland, is that really the the pinnacle of your of a coaching uh, of your coaching career? If you can get to Ajax, um, yeah, yeah, you know, for, for me that's that's for sure. Um, but of course, you have a lot of you know all the people they have different favorite clubs, and you know, of course, Ajax is the biggest club. But I think when, when the people would be really honest, everybody knows the best players, the best coaches, the best facilities, they're all at Ajax. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why we have uh, so many talented players in the first team who make it to world-class players. So, yeah, you know, it, 
in my opinion, it was a, it was a pretty it was a pretty big step from PSV to Ajax. I think same here for myself. I was a coach at Tottenham. I always, you know, I looked around. You know, Chelsea and obviously Man United were all those also at the time were obviously the biggest and best academies and clubs around. And that was always my aspiration as a coach to really work at the highest level and challenge myself. So it's quite interesting. That's the same there then in in, uh, in Holland. What's what are your thoughts then? You know, looking abroad, looking across the the water. What's your what's your thoughts about English football, English academy football particularly? Um, yeah, you know, England is for me, and I think for a lot of people in Holland, is England is just um, how can you say it? You know, football is born there. You know, so it's it's really big. When I was there at Liverpool, I was there twice. It was you know when I came out of the airport, I took a taxi. Um, and you know that the man, the taxi driver, uh, the, uh, the driver he, he immediately started asking me, "What are you doing here?" I told him about Ajax and Liverpool kind of things, and we we uh, we talked about 30 of, of or, or 60 minutes about football. Uh, and every single day, when I took another uh, uh, taxi, everybody was just talking about football, and I really loved that. So hmm. I think the people in England they really love football. I, I think they have some some great players in England. They have some beautiful stadiums. They have some really good academies. You know, uh, about I was at Chelsea. That was really good. I'm hearing a lot of good stories. Great people over there with with great structuring and so, good so, people. So, William, you know, that, I, that, that's William. That you, we just broke up that last one. Sorry, so, so you said Chelsea. What was the other one you said? We just lost you a second. Um, it was Chelsea. I was there for myself. I heard a lot of good stories about Manchester City. Yeah. About some 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 guys which are working over there. I also heard some stories about that there are some people which are hating them in England. Which which, okay, I can imagine. But you know their their facilities and the the people which are working there and the players they might be very good. Um, I I saw Liverpool with my own eyes. It was great. You know, with fantastic people. With good plays, with great uh, uh, facilities, with the red of the of the club, great. And I also heard some good stories about Southampton, about developing young players. So, you know, I think England has some really good players with a lot of good money and all the things. But it's it's about giving players some opportunities, and I think that's the next step. And if it will happen, well, that's a good question. When you when you um, have you had much experience of playing teams, English teams, and you with your with your Ajax team? Yeah. Um, and what's your what's your what's your thoughts on the players when you look at them individually? What's, is there a certain type of player you, you're seeing, or is, what's the con- compare them to your Ajax players? In Holland, we see we see a, uh, like in England. In England, there are a lot of physical, strong players, and I think in Holland we try to focus a bit more on technical skills and but also tactical skills. So uh, choosing position, making the right decision, that kind of things. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, on this podcast a lot the 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 theme the idea that physicality is uh, is uh, one of the main aspects looked upon in recruitment in England is uh, has come up several times and then maybe that's not the same in in Europe. So I mean, in terms of like you as a, you as a coach, when players come in, what do you look for from players when they come in on trial um, to to the club? Um. I think you, you you can't say that it's only one or two or three points, but you know it's it's for sure that that you know the um you know how do you call it it's it's just how they move how they how they run uh, are they explosive you know that that things are 
they they are just the first thing you know if 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 you can't move like a football player it it would be very hard to come in so that's one um the second thing is about your technical skills you know so you you have to, you have to you have to pass you have to receive you have to finish you have to to play one v ones that kind of things the the third thing is um you have to 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 take the good position you have to make the decision that kind of things and then i think a really really strong point which is really important is your mindset so i really love the players with the growth mindset uh which wants uh to develop themselves who the players who when they make a mistake they don't say i i quit i stop but you know i try to do it again and i think we yeah we should focus on that kind of players because they would always improve okay so interesting so, so you talked a little bit about PSV and their methodology how does that contrast to that of at Ajax what are the similarities and differences yeah um i was inspired a lot by some people um who were really close to Johan Cruyff um they left our academy now but they were really close with him uh and you know they learned me a lot about um you know like uh principle like game principles um they they also studied in portugal and and spain um which is really hot over there and um that that that's really important our academy now so the so the only the game principles so it's not only about formations in the game but it's more about game principles so so the 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 style of playing so how do you want to perform uh, on the field um and and i think that 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 had a big influence on our methodology do you still have a a concentration on the technique in the 1v1 as well is that tied in with that is there a balance or is it just more about the the game principles yeah and in in that way um we we have we have, we work on two points so that's that's one is uh 1v1s uh, technical skills and the other one is playing together as a team uh, and and the game principles of course are are uh, one of the most important points at playing together so you know we 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 have two uh, two two important things um we separate uh, we separate and and they are very important to us so what does that look like in terms of then uh, say for instance young players coming in you're you're under rates there now so what does that look like in ter- how does that translate to want to uh to under rates and under nines the 1v1 and game principles um in in that ages we we don't talk too much about the principles we only um we we want them uh, to to act like the principles if you if you know what i mean but we don't tell them you know because they are so young they just have to play um but if we ask them for example um when the opponents have the ball <clears throat> what do we want do we want them to keep it or do we want it to steal as fast as possible and then of course they know that we have to press them up so we can steal it so you know it's it's we we do it really child friendly on that ages um and we combine it over there of course with with the game principles and the one you want because we know that young players they love it to make the moves and they love it to beat opponents so yeah we have we have to give them some freedom to explore what their own playing style i, I told you before and so what sort of, how much time is spent on each of those things how much time is spent on technique and 1v1 how much time is spent on you know game possession type things practices um 
I, I have to say in the first place that, that the position games with the U8 are, are not, that, not that big, you know, so it's not, not like they're playing like five against two or even bigger like a seven against three, that kind of things. They are only playing two, two against one or maybe three against two or something like that, but not, 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 not any bigger. So um, I, I think it's, it's a combination about 50-50, you know, um, some, some, some exercises are only uh, like, like technical skills, other ones are more combined and other ones are more like small position games. So I, I think that's in balance. And can you just tell us a little bit about the structure there, about how it's structured there at at the club in terms of are the age groups split up into different um, phases and what's the emphasis there? Yeah, um, I can tell you something about it but that are some some Dutch names. Um, we have uh, Onderbouw, we call it Onderbouw, so that are the youngest uh, teams in our academy. Uh, that are the boys from U8 till U12. Then we have, we call it the Middenbouw. What's that? So from, it's bow. Is that is that wheel or something? Does that translate to that? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, so we have uh, let 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 yeah, let's call it the first wheel. So that's U eight till U twelve. We have the second wheel. That's U thirteen till U sixteen. Then we have our third wheel, and that's from U seventeen till U nineteen. Maybe in England you call it uh, the U twenty one, but at Ajax it's the it's the second team. And so how? So for instance, the under wheel, the first wheel. How 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 long? Did, how many times do they train a week? Um, they have. Um, they start with three sessions, but uh, at the end of the season, you know, for only for the for the youngest guys because they come in. They came from amateur clubs, so then they start with three sessions, and at the end of the underbow, they have four sessions a week. Um, at the middenbow, at, at at the second wheel, we build it up from four till six sessions, and the last wheel, so the. The bo- the bove the bove about the, the the up wheel you can you can call it like that. Um, they have seven or more sessions, um, so you know we we build it up like that. So and so three sessions or four sessions plus a game, or is that one of those sessions a game? Of course, of course. Um, every Saturday is a game, but but um, now you know I think we started with that last uh, last year. We, we we try to play as much as games as possible, so we have a lot of friendly games. Most of that during the week on a Tuesday. So, um, of course, then, then there is one uh, training session uh, we are losing. But, you know, we can, we can also uh, develop the players in the friendly games with, with the game principle and with the 1v1. So that's, that's the best opponents we, we could wish. So sometimes now we play, we play uh, two games in a week. Interesting. And, so, and do, for instance, do, do players come out of school and then train during the day as well in the middle, the uh, 12 to 16s phase or the 13s to 16s, that, that, that phase? Yeah. Um, we, we pick them up with some, with some small buses. Um, at a school uh, we are working together with, um, then, they, then they make it to the club, then they start with, uh, with, some, with some study, so they, they have some help with, with the study. Then we have our training sessions, and after that they have some healthy food at the club, and then they're going back with their buses. But we also have our own school, um, really, really close to the academy. It's, 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 it's on the same ground, but that's only focusing for the U17 guys and older. So that, that, that makes the reason why, why, they are, why they are available to have two sessions a day, because the school is at our training ground. So that, that gives, up, gives us a lot of more time. 
So what? So what age do they start coming in from school, having one day off school, or however long much it is? Uh, sorry, could you tell, what, tell what, again? So what? What age does that start? So what age do they start coming from the school during the daytime? Um, it it starts with you know the, the youngest the youngest kids they come in, but it's more like after school time. So they come in like um, four p.m. or something like that. Um, but um, when when you talk about the middle the middle wheel. Uh, they come in around uh, 2.30 or 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. Um, and then, you know, like I told you before, they start with study. Um, so that's how we, how we do it. So they, they, only, they only miss a little bit of school then? They miss just the end bit of school? Yeah, 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 they do that. But, but we work together with the school. They have their own top sport program. That's how we call it. Uh, and then at Ajax, they have, we have our own teachers um, who are helping the kids with their homework and preparing for some tests and that kind of things. So we, we you know, on one side they, they leave school earlier, but on the other side we help them at Ajax. So, because um, my question is this, because in England, um, some clubs at 12 or even younger, they'll come in, they'll have the whole day off school. They'll come in in the morning to the club and then spend the whole day at the club. Does This doesn't happen until they're 17 at, at Ajax? From only 12 years old in England? So yes, under 12s, they'll have one day in the week. They'll, instead of going to school, they'll come straight into the club and then they'll do they'll do some study and then train several times a day maybe. No, we don't know that. We only have with the U8 still the U12s. We have uh, In Ireland, it's normal that you're free on your Wednesday's afternoon. So uh, then they are free at around 1 p.m. or something like that. So then they come earlier. but And then they have a bit of longer session, a session of like two and a half hours, sometimes three hours with a lot of breaks, but that's it. So, but with the 12 to 16s, is that the same then? They only come in after, like a little bit early. They don't come in during the day, the whole day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. And so what, how do you juggle that then in terms of, uh, you know, the importance of school and then the importance of football with uh, individual players? Well, that's really important to us because we are not only developing football players we're also developing, you know, just normal and good human beings. So if, if, if a career ends up of a football player, they have to prepare that they, that they can do something else, you know, just, just normal things in life. And we have to prepare them. So I, I think it's, it's not a good thing when we're only focusing on football, 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 because there are a lot of, a lot of other important things in life. And, you know, when the results or your attitude at, at school are really bad, you have a really big problem. You cannot you cannot train, and when you cannot train, you cannot you not you cannot play the games in the weekend. So that's really easy to us. So one, you have to good results, but most important thing is you have to be yeah you have to yeah you have to show a good attitude. Otherwise, you're done. Fantastic. And um, can you tell us a little bit about position specific training at Ajax? Is that is that important? When is it important? When does it start? Players focusing on positions and also then coaches having specific positions they work with with players. Yeah, it, it's it's not only about positions, but it's it's more about qualities and weapons. So uh, with the youngest uh, with the youngest teams, they play on a lot of uh, different positions during a game maybe some two or three or, or, or even 
four four positions in one game. Um, from the U13s, when we when we start playing 11 v 11, it's a bit more you know it's it's more organized. So I think the most of the players have to focus on one, two, or maybe three positions. But what we do in training is uh, so we we do not only work with all the attackers together or all the defenders together, but we uh, we have to we have to find out what the qualities are of the player and which qualities they have to work on as a weapon or maybe uh, to improve. And then yeah, you know we we you know, we put them together in a small group and then we make groups like that. So we have training sessions with with small groups, but not only on positions but on qualities. And do you have certain coaches who work with certain groups or certain positional play in terms of their speciality, like speciality coaches? Yeah, of course, of course, because we, uh, we, we at IX we have a lot of uh, ex-professional players who played in our first team, so uh, every player had had, had, had his own uh, position into the game. So, you know, for example, uh, when we have uh, a striker, he, he will work with the, with the strikers, with finishing, with first touches, with, with turning, with using your body, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we, we have a lot of, a lot of specialists. I had this conversation the other day on another podcast and we were talking about if you're a team coach at um, at a club and so for instance say you're working with your group and maybe one of the players has a technical issue um, say for instance one of your 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 wide players is having trouble delivering crosses but yeah. how do you how do you approach that as a coach do you try and remedy that all within your team training or do you take the player out or do you maybe send him away and say look you need to go away and work on this particular issue yeah I think the first step is to talk with the player and to talk about the issue. Uh, and when sometimes you know the players, they uh, they don't like it when you tell it or they don't believe you. So if, if they don't believe you, you have to show the videos. So I think that's very important because videos never lie. So um, when 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 you pass that uh, that step, you you're moving up to the next step. And I think that's that's just that's practicing. Um, and he can do that on his on himself. So at home. But, but we, we, you know, we could also arrange it at the club at Ajax um, and we do that. So we have tr two sessions a week of 60 minutes uh, in which they can work uh, for that qualities, uh, like you told. Um, but of course they can improve it as well in the friendly games or in the games on Saturday or you know, just in the, in the games in a training session. So um, they can do it in three ways for themselves at home, um, in the individual sessions at Ajax and into the games at Ajax. So those individual sessions you talk about, what does that look like? I mean, I've been there at one session when it just seemed that the players were actually organising themselves and this was a younger age group seemed to be working on whatever technical issue they were working on they needed to. Yeah, it's, it's working like we uh, most of the time, like when we have a team, let's say, for example, 16 or 18 players, um, we, make, we make three groups of that. So every group has like five, six or seven players, something around that. And then, you know, we have to work on a lot of repetitions in their qualities or in the points they have to improve. So that's it, you know, 60 minutes, a lot of repetitions with, with um, you, you hope you, you, you can fill it with, with real opponents who can really steal the ball. So it's really game, game real situations. And um, that's how we do it. Is that coach led or player led? No, that it's it's a combination. It's a combination because um, the coach and the player they they make together the plan 
on, on, on which points the, uh, the player wants to focus, but the training sessions on, on, on their selves, they are led by the, by the coaches. Interesting. I'll ask one more question about the 1v1 there. Say, for instance, say you know, you're know you working with the older age groups or the middle wheels, that if you have a player who may be, for instance, a, a, a right back or defender who's not very good at 1v1, maybe he's come in to the club a bit late and he's got lots of qualities, how much do you work with a player on that with their 1v1 qualities? Is there less of a chance to improve that at an older age rather than a younger age? And, from, you know, and is it really like a key requisite that you really try and keep working on? Yeah, I, I think it's it's more difficult uh, to work on the technical skills with older guys. Um, so, you know, when 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 the level is 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 not high enough and it's it's so so low, uh, you have to ask yourself: Did we make a, a, a good choice to to bring him into our academy? Um, so, I think you can do a lot. You 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 can you can. How can I say it in correct English? You can improve a lot for every player, but I think there is a limit. Um, so, do you, yeah, do you know what I mean? If, if, yeah, you, if you if you have the bad players in your academy, you did something wrong when you when you brought them in. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you know, for instance, you got a, a defender comes in. His defending's fantastic. He moves the ball well with both feet. He can pass, but maybe his uh, you know under pressure in a one v one situation, it's not great. Do, do you have expectations that he can you know? bring the ball out, you know, or is he just going to be that stopper? Does he have to be that rounded player? Does he have to have that 1v1 element in his game to really be an Ajax player? Yeah, you know, of course you want that every player beats the 1v1, but that, 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 that's not realistic, you know. It's, 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 it's impossible that you have 11 players who can beat opponents in the 1v1. So, of course, we want, we want to improve them on that point, but it's, it's not... You know, it, it, it's not uh, realistic. I suppose uh, you don't you don't want Memphis Depay playing centre back and taking everybody on. Exactly, exactly. But on the other side, you know, at Ajax we want to build up from behind, so uh, we don't play the long ball. Uh, so what we want is uh, defenders as well, which are comfortable on the ball with receiving, with passing, with 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 choosing position, that kind of thing. So, you know, that's a difficult uh, point at Ajax. You know, only uh, only a good defender. That's not good enough. We also want that defender, uh, which is you know, which is capable to 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 help to, and 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 to help with with building up from behind. So that that makes it much more difficult for us uh, instead of, for example, PSV or Feyenoord, who can maybe say, okay, you know, we we just choose the really good defender, but that's not good enough at Ajax because we have our own playing style. Um, thinking about Holland now as a country, I mean the country hasn't, you know, at first team level hasn't been having a very successful time. Why do you think that is? What any as it must you must guys must talk about a lot in Holland. Obviously, Ajax is still producing all these top players. Why is the the Holland the national team not having much success recently? Uh, I think that's because we were lazy the last years. Uh, because um, I think the whole world. Um, said that you know we were really good at at uh, improving young players. We were really good with our academies for like ten years ago or twenty years ago, uh, and after that uh, we started believing that that all the people were true. So everybody was 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 visiting Holland to to watch how we are um, how we are developing our young players, and everybody um, took the best points of that. Uh, they took their back. Uh, to the to the country 
and 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 I think almost all the countries they developed like like Germany, like Belgium, like England for sure. Every, everybody uh, was trying to become better, but we were just lazy and we were just you know just waiting and and just believing that we were very good, but. You know, when you when you start believing that, you have a really big problem because then you don't improve anymore, and yeah, that was that was a big mistake. Uh, and now there is something changing, but it's only it's only starting really slowly. But yeah, I I, I think we have still some some big problems. Um, Someone else mentioned the other day about maybe that you know a lot of young Dutch players are going into other countries, the Premier League, for instance, and then maybe there's a bit of a talent drain on the top young players and then, then they may be feeding into the same problem in England as they're not getting the opportunities that our English players are getting and some maybe are not fulfilling that potential. So, so, so what's your question again? So what do you think maybe, you know, there's, a, there's been some people saying that, you know, a lot of young Dutch players are coming to England, very young, maybe at 16, 15, 16, and yeah. then maybe that they're not getting the opportunities, they're not developing as quickly or, or as well as they would do maybe in Holland and this maybe is affecting the Holland national team. Yeah, you know, of, of course, uh, we don't like it when young players leave because uh, that's money for our clubs, that's nice to watch on Saturdays or Sundays on television. Um, but I think the big, the big money is very strong for them. So what we see is that uh, a lot of people which came from, a, for example, from a poor background, that they are um, thinking about leaving Holland. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes when you, when you come into an academy of Chelsea, for example, or Manchester City, there are a lot of other good players so, and, and a lot of good coaches as well. So I think they will develop, you know, that's not the issue. But the issue is, I think, that, you know, the chances you get as a young player in the British Premier League, that's really difficult. Um, and then, you know, they start, they start as a, on a loan, you know, to Bournemouth or that, that, that line of kind of clubs. And, you know, then you can ask yourself, is it better to, uh, you know, to loan to, to Bournemouth or, for example, to, to make your first steps uh, into the Eredivisie in Holland, for example, for the Ajax first team? Well, since you know, interesting now that because there was another a player has just um, left Arsenal, a young player and gone to play in Benfica. Um, do you think maybe that that could be a, a, a trend? Maybe play, English players more moving abroad and thinking about you know there's the lack of opportunities aren't in England. Maybe they should go and try it in, in in Portugal, Spain, or even Holland. Of course, because we we also uh, had some talks in Holland about um, is it always a problem that England is is buying a lot of good players, or maybe on the other side could we bring back some other players? Uh, would would don't get their chances in England, but you know who are focusing on on developing and and become better, uh, and and they maybe could do that in Holland. But you know then you have then you have uh, to tell them a good story. Like uh, for example, we are playing Champions League. You will get your ch uh, your chances. Uh, we have we have a really good plan to uh, to develop you uh, after uh, two or three or maybe four years. Uh, we can sell you to a bigger club. You know that kind of thing. So. Of course, there are some opportunities, and you know, I can I can totally I can totally agree. You know, that the minds and the thoughts of the players, because you know, they 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 are ambitious, they have big plans. But when when they look around, they see a lot of good players, 
And, you know, of course, that's the strength of the Premier League, but the chances for the young players, they're not that good. Because I know you, you, you guys are, are famous for doing a lot of um, scouting in Scandinavia, in Northern Europe. Would you consider scouting in England then for young players? Well, I don't know, you know, because I'm, 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 not, I'm not scouting at Ajax, you know. I'm, I'm working with, uh, you know, just with the players on the pitch every day. So I'm, I'm not focused on, on, um, on, on scouting players. But, you know, maybe in the future it's, it's an opportunity. And, and you know, I, I think most of the times in this kind of situations when, when it starts with only one player, uh, after that it, it, it could go really fast. So then they, then they could... could could come some more, but um, I don't know. Maybe in the future. Okay, and just uh, just a couple more questions, mate, because I know you're busy. Just what, your your neighbours, Belgium, are currently going through a golden patch in terms of player development. What's the perspective from within Dutch football community about how they have become so successful? Yeah, um, in in Holland, there are a lot of people uh, who are thinking that it's coincidence what's happening in Belgium. But that's, that's the same lazy mindset, you know, so you're just uh, talking about coincidence. I think that the truth is that they were, maybe they were a bit lucky with this generation of players, but they did a, a lot of good things in their academies. For example, uh, they changed uh, the format, so they, they changed um, the small spaces for the youngest players from U8 till U13, they, they are playing in much more smaller spaces now than, for example, five or six years ago. So they improved a lot. So what does it mean when you play in really small spaces? It means that players have to find solutions in small spaces with less time. So, you know, of course they would improve. And uh, I think Belgium, they took, uh, they, yeah, they took the right way and they are improving really good. And I think, I think they... They, uh, yeah, you know, we have to focus on them for the next couple of years because they're really good. Uh, yeah, they they're doing a good job. I I I've played against a lot of young Andelec teams and and always been impressed with those guys' technical ability and tactical ability. What's your thoughts on those that team? Anderlecht is Anderlecht is it's really strong. They you know they against us most of the time they want to play in a, like a one three four three formation. They want to press up high. Um, they have strong players, fast players. All, also, uh, also some three or four really technical, uh, technical players. So, on the left is really, really strong teams. And yeah, but but there there is more than only on the left. They have they have uh, Racing Genk. They have Standard uh, Standard Liège. They have Club Brugge. They have a lot of good teams. Also, you you you, you, said, you mentioned earlier that in America, we have a lot of listeners in America. What's your thoughts on the American game, the development model? Well, that, that's really hard to say for me. But um, when I was there, I saw a lot of uh, really ambitious young players, uh, girls and boys. So, you know, because the girls are really doing a great job over there because it's really big, really big, much, much bigger than here in Holland. Um, but, but what I missed when I was there... That, you know, there, there was no structure. There was no, there, 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 there were no, re- no really, no real leagues or something like that. You know, so uh, the teams had to drive for three, four, or five hours to play a game, um, and they only did it uh, when I was there uh, once in two time, in two weeks. So you know, I think that's 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 too less. It's too empty to improve. So 
uh, I don't know how it is now, but uh, in my opinion, it's growing over there. And, and I really like the mindset of the Americans because they really want to work hard. They are uh, they are using the data to improve, and you know I think uh, they have a lot of uh, possibilities to improve. But uh, to be honest, I don't know exactly how it works over there now. Uh, so, what advice would you give to a young aspiring footballer, someone who want, a young player who wants to go all the way? Um, I think you, you you know never stop dreaming and remember that you can make it. Uh, to your own top um, if you work hard and when you are clever and make sure that you will always be prepared uh, because um, I think uh, losing to prepare is preparing to lose and you can only make it when you act like a winner so the most important thing is uh, never stop dreaming and work really hard and and what about advice to a young coach um, well I've stolen this one from Steve Jobs, but he ended his speech at Stanford in 2005 with stay hungry, stay foolish. Um, because I think that when you always be hungry, you will always develop. Uh, and in my opinion, life is about developing. If you're young or old, it doesn't matter. Um, so in my opinion, everything has to do with, with, with you know, improving, developing and become better. So. That's that, that's the reason why I like it very much. Stay hungry, stay foolish. You know, you have to act like you're stupid, and, and then you will become better. Very good, sure. very good. And finally, obviously, mypersonalfootballcoach.com. What we do is very much about encouraging ball mastery and one v one with young players, particularly. Can you just tell us why is it so important, ball mastery and one v one training? It's it's so important because um, I think. Um, that, that players, they like the game, but you know, when it's, it's, it's really simple, you know, when you can't pass the ball to your teammates, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense, so the whole game doesn't make sense, and it's, it's not fun, you know, so um, you get bored, and it, it's, that's not good, so that's really important. On the other side, you know, for example, on the, on the professional level, when you watch uh, football or soccer on TV, um, you want to see nice games, you know, with a lot of attractive actions, with a lot of a lot of one v ones. You know, I prefer watching that games instead of watching, you know, the the lazy games, the the, the games with 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 a low rhythm. So, uh, you know, that are two very important reasons to me uh, to focus on that. William Wise, thank you very much. Uh, it's been fantastic having you on. Thank you so much, and I really enjoyed talking with you. So. Uh, it was a great pleasure to me. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the MyPersonalFootballCoach.com Soccer Player Development Podcast. MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's dynamic ball mastery program is the world's leading online individual technical training program, proven and developed at the highest level in the English Premier League. Sign up now to train like the pros and take your game to the next level. Master the ball, master the game.